Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyal, your host on yet another grand and glorious, magnificent day in the liturgical calendar. This is, of course, the Feast of Pentecost. I really am filled with joy in the Feast of Pentecost as I am on all of the great feast days in our liturgical calendar. But at the same time, I also have a little tinge of sadness. The reason is, is because it brings to a basically conclusion, not entirely, but basically a conclusion of this great Paschal season and also the season in which we use the particular prayers we call from the Pentecostarian. It's all the prayers from the season of our Lord's resurrection, you know, the Paschal season through this time of Pentecost. And so I'm a little sad to see that part of the liturgical calendar end, or have us move out of it, rather. It never really ends. We, we move out of it onto other things, because it's so rich, so glorious, just so magnificent. So I love this Feast of Pentecost. It fills me with joy, as the Holy Spirit did fill the apostles with joy and wisdom in that first Pentecost. But at the same time, I have to admit, there's always a little sadness, because then we start to go into what's called, in the Latin Rite Church, the ordinary time. But as we say here in the Light of the it's the church is never really ordinary. <laughs> its life is never truly ordinary. In the Eastern churches, we call what the West would call ordinary time, we call it the weeks after Pentecost. So we start to count those weeks after Pentecost. It's never ordinary, but let's face it, there's nothing like the season of our Lord's resurrection all the way through Pentecost. So sad to see it go, but at the same time filled with joy at the event of this Pentecost, this descent of the Holy Spirit. Just a little bit of a history here. Now I'm going to refer to some handy little pamphlets that have been around for a number of years from our Byzantine Seminary Press. So they have a pamphlet series here that's very, very informative, yet very concise, very manageable. And this one, of course, is about Pentecost, and it gives some history. In the Old Testament, the Jews were ordered by God to celebrate the Feast of Harvest on the 50th day after the Passover. Now that's in Exodus chapter 23 in thanksgiving for the harvest, and were expected to make an offering of the new fruits of their crops. Hence, they refer to this feast also as the 
Feast of First Fruits. That's also in the book of Numbers, chapter 28. Since officially the harvest lasted for seven weeks, the day was also called the Feast of the Weeks. And that's in Deuteronomy, chapter 16. In the post-exilic times, the rabbis had a custom of motivating the liturgical celebrations with certain events of their sacred history. Thus, they tied the Passover with the miraculous liberation of their people from the Egyptian captivity and the Feast of the Harvest with the covenant of Mount Sinai. According to the record of the Jews, the Mount Sinai events took place on the 50th day after the crossing of the Red Sea. Since the Feast of Harvest was celebrated on the 50th day after the Passover, the Greek-speaking Jews, and this is in Tobiah and 2 Maccabees, simply referred to it as Pentecost, meaning 50 days. Thus, at the time of Jesus, the feast was generally known as the Feast of Pentecost and was celebrated in commemoration of the covenant with great pomp and solemnity. Well, in the Eastern churches, we celebrate Pentecost, and it's still called Pentecost today, with great pomp and solemnity. One of the things we do is we decorate our churches with the greens. And traditionally, especially in our country of origin, which is in Central Europe, area of Slovakia, Ukraine, and so on, they would use, in particular, the branches of the linden tree. And we bring in those greens because in the Eastern churches, the use of green for Pentecost symbolizes new life. You know, the Holy Spirit is the giver of life. In the West, of course, they use the color red, symbolic of the fiery tongues of the descent of the Holy Spirit. Once again, we see the great complementarity of the church. Both lungs of the church breathing together, arriving at the same point from different directions. And our prayers and the liturgical services are very, very rich, as always, on these high feast days. And there is something very special we do, led by the priest. We pray what's called the kneeling prayers, because technically it's the first time we do any kind of kneeling since Easter, actually, since Pascha. And we kneel because we're bowing down, kind of lowering ourselves in expectation of receiving the Holy Spirit. Remember, the events of the scriptures are not history lessons. They are our events. We enter into those events as though it were still happening now. In fact, they are happening now but as if it was the first time, still happening, and we do so exclusively through the liturgy of the church, which is why going to church is so, so vital to our spiritual life. It gives us that actual experience of the events of Scripture, the events of the life of Christ, as we see today the descent of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit enlivens the church. It gives us life, which is why we wear green, as I mentioned. And there's a lot of life going on in our church right now, And we have a special guest with us today who actually is a person who brings a lot of life into our church, (laughs) maybe because he responds to the movement of the Holy Spirit. He's a great friend of ours here in Light of the East, and you will recognize his name if you've listened to us for any length of time, Jack Fiegel from Eastern Christian Publications and from the Orientali Lumen Conferences. Welcome, Jack, to Light of the East on this glorious day of Pentecost. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. We're no longer saying Christ is risen, although, of course, obviously he is and always will be risen. But now we go back to the usual greeting of glory to Jesus Christ. Well, Jack, speaking of life in the church, you've got a couple of things going on that are part of the life of the church. And we're going to talk about those. Uh, First of all, though, you had a visit to an old friend of ours here at Light of the East and also a very special friend of yours in all of your ecumenical efforts. And in fact, our listeners may recall 
this individual. We played some of his talks on our program, and we made some comments on them. And he comes from the Orthodox Church. That's one of the Eastern churches that, of course, is not in communion with Rome, and Rome is not in communion with them. But he's a very esteemed theologian and ecumenical figure. His name is Callisto Swear. And Jack, he goes by bishop mostly, or abbot, or what? what is his title? Well, his official title is Metropolitan of the Ecumenical Patriarchate, but he just simply prefers to be called Your Grace. <laughs> yes, he's, he's lots of fun, a great person to be with, and he's been so, so kind. I mean, he's been very, very ecumenical to us, and that is actually a bit unusual for an Orthodox figure of his prominence, but you spent some time with him, and tell us what you were doing with him. Yes, uh, just in the last few weeks, I... Uh, was visiting with him at his residence in Oxford. He's a retired professor of Oxford University, some 38 years teaching there, and making an audio and video recorded version of his famous book called The Orthodox Church, which was published by Penguin Books some 50 years ago. And it basically gives a historical perspective and then the faith, theology, sacraments, liturgy of the Eastern Churches, the Eastern Orthodox Church, when he wrote it 50 years ago, he agreed to record that that as a series of lectures for Oriental Lumen Television, one of the offshoots of the work that we do. So that will be coming out uh, when? When when will that be accessible? I hope to have the editing and the disc produced in the next uh, several weeks. We have our conference, Oriental Lumen Conference, coming up in mid-June, in just a few weeks from now. So I'm hoping to have all of the discs done and available by then. So uh, watch this space for more information. Uh, Perhaps we can talk about it again on one of your future shows when they're ready. But it's significant in that in this uh, summary level, because, of course, he can't get into the same level of detail as a written book that does. But in this summary level version, he has been much, much more ecumenical in his language and his treatment of the topics and has included... In the Eastern churches, both Catholic and us Eastern Catholics. And these will be DVDs, correct? Yes, DVDs as well as CDs. And where should people look for them? They can go to our website, olconference.com, and look in the online catalog section and select new titles. And it will be listed there as soon as it's available. Speaking of Olo conferences, you have one coming up, don't you? Yes, in June 15th to 18th. We will be having our 19th annual conference, and in fact, uh, His Grace Metropolitan Callistos was one of our first-year speakers 19 years ago, and that's hmm. uh, as long as I've known him. He's still got it in him, huh? <laughs> uh, so he's, uh, he's still coming back. He now turned 80 this past year, so I, I bless him for being able to make the, the transatlantic flight uh, uh, even still. But the conference will be June the 15th to 18th here in Washington, D.C., and the topic this year will be the Bishop of Rome, Past, Present, and Future. Ooh. We have an exciting lineup of speakers to talk about the role of the Bishop of Rome in the Church today and perhaps what it might be like in a future United Church. Can we still get in on that conference? Yes, yes. Um, the official deadline is June the 1st, so there's still a few more days in the rest of this month. And, of course, uh, even at the last minute, we will take reservations up to the end. We just need to know about headcount for preparing meals. Where can they go to find out about the conference and to register? Yeah, there's more information, again, on our same website, olconference.com. There's a separate special button under the online catalog called 
conferences, and there's a page labeled Future Conference in which uh, the list of speakers, the agenda is available, uh, an online registration is available, as well as a flyer and downloadable detailed agenda. Once again, Jack, where and when is this conference? The Oriental Lumen Number 19 conference will be held from Monday, June the 15th, starting in the afternoon for people to travel and go nonstop all the way through Thursday, June the 18th, finishing with lunch. We will have six plenary speakers, several prayer services, lots of discussion, and lots of fellowship. And the conference will be held at the Washington Retreat House near the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception here in Washington, D.C. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more with our special guest, Jack Figel, on this day of Pentecost in which the Spirit animates the church because Jack Figel is a person who has truly been animated by the Spirit, and he listens and responds to the Spirit in his life and brings a lot of life to the Eastern churches and to the whole effort of ecumenism in the church. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by writing a check to Light of the East and mail it to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wheelcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. are listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net.
Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm your host, Father Thomas Loya, on this magnificent day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit descends upon the church, enlivens it, and fills it with life. And as I mentioned, our special guest today is a man who has responded to the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and has done much for the church, brought much life to the church, east and west, especially in the area of cumanism. Our special guest, of course, is Jack Fingal. Jack, we had a fantastic, fantastic tour and pilgrimage last October to Rome and Istanbul. Wasn't it great? It, it was indeed. We had been promoting it and hoping that it would be the trip of a lifetime, and it even exceeded my own expectations. Yes, it did. Truly, it was truly, truly a grace. It was like one of those perfect, you know, dream of uh, trips that, it, it, like you said, even exceeded dreams. It was like a dream come true. It really was fantastic. It, it was just, I can't say enough about it. You know, we saw the Pope. We had just, he was very gracious to us. We saw Cardinal Koch, the head of uh, Christian Unity. We saw the Patriarch Bartholomew. Everybody was just so gracious to us. I mean, they treated us really like, I, I just had a remark of how well we were treated, like we were dignitaries, not just, they just weren't being cordial and kind as they normally would be to guests and visitors, Jack. I really sense that they were they were treating us as somebody very, very special. A- absolutely. I was amazed because we hadn't asked for it, but in the private audience, and when you say we saw them, we didn't see them from a distance. We saw them up close and personal. When we had the private audience with Pope Francis, when our group was escorted right off the bus into the Apostolic Palace up to the corner room overlooking St. Peter's Square, I still couldn't believe it. And when we sat down and his prepared remarks were already translated into English on our chairs so that we could follow along as he spoke to us in Italian, and the Vatican TV recorded the entire audience for 25 minutes with us. Wow, yes. Those, those were things that I had not planned and that they did Again, as you say, because we, we were somebody special. And those are the things that we know of, but that are, that are very tangible that we can say we experience. But there's also the special graces that come from a pilgrimage like that as well, which keep on giving, just like the Holy Spirit does <laughs> as we celebrate the ascent of the Holy Spirit today in Pentecost. And speaking of pilgrimages, Jack, you're not finished yet, right? You've got another beautiful one coming up in August, don't you? Tell us about that. Yes, yes. Um, and again, as you said, inspired by the Holy Spirit, I believe, um, it's, been a, it's been a goal and hope of mine to lead a, a, a group of folks uh, to our uh, homeland, Father, to both Slovakia and to Hungary. And so this August 17 to the, or sorry, so from this August 7th until the 18th of 2015, there will be a Marian pilgrimage to coincide with the large pilgrimages that take place within Slovakia to sites of Marian devotion. One in particular, a little village known as Lipmanova, where there was an apparition of the Blessed Mother to village children just 25 years ago, kind of a, an Eastern Catholic version of Lourdes, mm-hmm. um, where the Blessed Mother appeared and, and appeared every I think every year for some 25 years on the feast of her Dormition, or in, known in the Western Church as the Assumption. And uh, so we're leading this, this uh, uh, pilgrimage for about 11 days to uh, Marian sites in both Slovakia, and we're also going to go in Hungary for a few days to the uh, Marian shrine at Mariapoch. And Jack, the shrines here, uh, one of which, as you mentioned, Mariapoch, 
I'm going to use that to promote this pilgrimage in a special way. I would like those listening and who may be interested in this pilgrimage, and I hope you are, because you can still get in on it. It's Thursday, August 6th, which, of course, is the Feast of the Transfiguration. Thursday, August 6th through Tuesday, August 18th. Now, that's from departure to return to the United States. Again, August 6th to the 18th. That's a Thursday through Tuesday. But the interesting thing about this pilgrimage, Jack, and I'm going to put this out to the listeners for them to consider, not that you're necessarily putting this in the promotional material per se. However, this trip is more timely than people may realize, and for a couple of reasons, particularly because of the visit to the miraculous icon of Our Lady of Mani Poch in Hungary. During the 16th and 17th centuries, there were significant battles that occurred between the, the forces, the soldiers of Islam, the armies of Islam, and Central Europe, because Islam was attempting to take over Europe, Western civilization at that time. And the defense of Western civilization, of Christian Europe, that occurred at those times, there were basically three significant battles that kept Islam from overrunning and driving Christianity out of Europe. Now, in all those battles, there were two things that were in common. One, the Christian forces were outgunned, outnumbered. Number two, there was prayer by the Christians to the Mother of God, and those victories happened miraculously. One of those victories was attributed to the devotion to the miraculous icon of Our Lady of Madia Poch. So, with that in mind, what I'm suggesting to the listeners is they consider this pilgrimage, and if not in the publicity itself, but in their hearts, to consider this pilgrimage perhaps to be made with the intention towards peace between Islam, you know, the terrorism we have today, ISIS and so on, the ultimate peace between Islam and the Christian West. If they make this pilgrimage to these particular sites with that in their hearts, with that as their intention, then maybe that's another reason, a special reason for anyone to consider this Marian pilgrimage. Because remember, I'll remind you again, the icon, the miraculous icon of Our Lady of Madia Poch was credited as being the devotion that brought about the miraculous victory. It was, in fact, a victory happened in, in a town called Zenta. It was in the 17th century, which kept the Islamic forces from overrunning Christian Europe. And, of course, we're having a repeat of these kinds of scenarios in different ways today, let's face it. And these kinds of things can only be overcome through prayer, and in particular, prayer to the Mother of God. So, I'd like everybody to consider this Marian pilgrimage that Jack Figgel is hosting. And Jack, once again, where can people go to find out and to register? Again, this is through our olconference.com website. And there on the online catalog is a special button called Pilgrimages. And uh, there's a page of detailed information with both the locations and things that we're going to do and see. Uh, the cost of the trip, registration form, and um, then there's also a detailed day-by-day itinerary of where we're staying and what we're going to do uh, from day to day. I just might mention that at the end of the trip, we're going to spend a day in Vienna, Austria itself, where the original icon of Our Lady of Mary Poach resides, so that we can pray both a devotion to her there, as well as to visit a copy that is in the town of Maria Poch in Hungary. And boy, just 
<laughs> just visiting Vienna alone is reason to go on this trip, Jack. <laughs> of course, the real reason is prayer and then the pilgrimage and in the spirit of our Blessed Mother. But also Vienna, because Vienna, oh boy, Vienna is one of those cities, well, Austria itself to me, at least in my personal opinion, is one of those areas of the world. And Vienna is one of those cities that I often say dropped out of heaven. It is absolutely beautiful. It has all the remnants of all that great, great culture we oftentimes see and learn about. It's just a beautiful area, that the countryside there of Austria. So well, well worth it just for Vienna alone. It's really one of those must-see places, <laughs> I think, in our lifetime. Wouldn't you agree, Jack? <laughs> uh, absolutely. But I actually have a, a personal preference for the Carpathian Mountains. Oh, yeah. And, and yours come from... and. And we'll be spending uh, a number of days there, including stops at several wooden churches, the ancient architecture of the small little villages up in the Carpathian Mountains. Well, Jack, I want to thank you for being with us on our program today on this wonderful Feast of Pentecost. Thank you for bringing your spirit-inspired presence and all of your plans and all the things you're doing here. And once again, for all these things, all these great things, where can people go? The website is olconference.com, and either uh, they can purchase videos they can register for our conference in June, or they can sign up for the pilgrimage. It needs to be done as soon as possible so that they can reserve and make sure they have a place. Well, thank you very much, Jack, and we'll have you on again, and we'll keep promoting all the Spirit-inspired things that you're doing for the greater glory of God and for unity in the Church, which, of course, is the vision of this very program, Light of the East. Thank you again, Jack. God bless you. Yeah, thank you, and glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. We conclude today's program with a prayer to the Holy Spirit. We have seen the true light. We have received the heavenly spirit. We have found the true faith and we worship the indivisible Trinity for the Trinity has saved us. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Now you can hear podcasts of Light of the East and never miss a program. And if you wish... Hear one again and again and again. How is this possible, you may ask? Just visit ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And click on the Light of the East tab. There you'll find Light of the East programs for listening or download and a link to a Light of the East iTunes subscription. Now you can hear Light of the East for the first time all over again, again, anytime you want. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.